Good Sunday morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the show that is really becoming a number one hit. Remember those days, Ray? Number one on the music hit. It's a number one show that you have. Congratulations. A lot of people love listening to USA Wealth Group's Money Wise Radio Show. Thank you so much, Phil, and thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for listening every Sunday morning. We have a great deal of fun talking about topics that are designed to make your life healthier, wealthier, and wise. Mm-hmm. And uh, today we have two important guests with us. We're going to talk about 10 or more, probably more, top tips for estate planning in 2015. That's our subject for today. Nice. Very good. Now, I would be remiss, Phil, if I didn't start out by seeing if I could stump your brain with a famous quotation from a Greek philosopher. Let me put my helmet on here. Go ahead. Are we ready? People are like dirt. Oh, God. (laughs) They can either nourish you and help you grow as a person, or they can stunt your growth and make you wilt and die. (laughs) I am going to plead the fifth. (laughs) That was a famous... Plato. His name began with a P. All famous Greeks philosophers begin with a P. No, he actually said that? He did. People are like dirt. They can either nourish you and help you grow as a person... Or they can stunt your growth and make you wilt and die. Oh, my goodness. Well, I, I, I see his wisdom. In, uh, it's not our usual Plato, is it? No, it's not. But uh, some, anyway. Some of us can grow as weeds, others as flowers. There we go, huh? Yes. <laughs> Especially those of us who have had facials recently. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice looking, too. <laughs> You're looking younger every day, Phil. Well, I've d- I deserve every wrinkle increase, but I don't have to hold on to them. <laughs> now, you have to tell me again very quickly since we've tempted our audience. What was the name of the place where you went for that? AvalonMedicalSpa.net. Okay. It's in Howland Place. Oh, nice. So a free plug for them. Oh, they're wonderful. Good. Uh, you yeah. will have to give it a try. Oh, you would love it. Will it take five years off my age, do you think? Maybe seven in seven? your case, yeah. Well, <laughs> that might be worth looking at. <laughs> well, this morning, ladies and gentlemen, we're pleased to have two very special guests with us. Uh, we have attorney Michael Coleman. Good morning, Michael. Good morning. And we have attorney Tenny Lance. Good morning, Tenny. Good morning. And today we're going to be talking about, for 2015, the top estate planning tips for 2015. Hmm? And so without further ado, let's get started. I'm going to turn right to you, Mike, this morning. Now, I know you've done some outlining today for some things that you want to talk about. So tell me very quickly, what is a trust and why is a trust useful when somebody's thinking about estate planning? Well, a trust is really just a, a document. Uh, it's very important. There are many different kinds of trusts, but if we're talking about just the simple um, revocable living trust or a realty trust, they can really help in a lot of ways. Uh, One of the most important things about a trust is that if you fund it properly, it really can help you to avoid the probate process. And probate can be a long and very costly process. So that's one really great thing about a trust. That's a good reason. Um, As I said, if you fund it properly, you have really ultimate control over your assets. So you get to Um, put in multiple levels of protection in that trust, meaning that you have beneficiaries, you have contingent beneficiaries, you have trustees after yourself as trustee. So really it provides so many 
contingent levels of protection that it's a really a great uh, document to use. And I assume that means you can also decide at what age beneficiaries should receive their property. Is that correct? Oh, of course. If you have uh, children that you might not want to inherit everything at age 21 or 25, you can make uh, their beneficiary uh, designation at maybe 30 or 35 or even older if you really want to. Mm-hmm. Have you done that before? Absolutely. We have uh, clients who come in pretty regularly and have uh, concerns about their children inheriting large sums of money at a young age. So yes, that's something we can do. I assume you might have a situation too when somebody might have uh, special needs issues or concerns. And is that another case when a trust might be a good thing to do? Um, Yeah. And actually there are different kinds of trusts to uh, address those issues. There are special needs trusts, there are pooled trusts. Um, There's actually a new law that's come out recently that has also helped with special needs that we can talk about at another time. Hmm. I wonder if you could have a trust, uh, Phil, that would allow for periodic massages (laughs) or periodic facials. Yeah, they call them special trusts. Special trusts trusts for special people. So, Mike, besides having uh, the ability to decide when a beneficiary might receive something, um, what about taxes? Do trusts do anything particularly good for taxes? Absolutely. There's something called the estate tax, which is a state and a federal uh, law. In Massachusetts, the the exemption is $1 million. So if your estate is valued at more than a $1 million right now, and that includes your real property, essentially any, any assets that you own, including life insurance and any uh, pensions or 401ks, if that's more than a $1 million, then your estate is going to be exposed to estate taxes. And trusts can really help with that. Um, they can split up your estate, if, especially if you're married. It's a really a great instrument to have to save or protect uh, in estate tax issues. Mm-hmm. You know, I read recently that there is only uh, there are only 16 states in the country that have an estate tax. That really surprised me. I thought it was more than that. And there are about six states that have an inheritance tax. Uh, do we have an inheritance tax in Massachusetts? Um, That's a good question. I don't know. Maybe you could tell me more about that. Okay. Well, the short answer is we don't. We don't have any inheritance tax. That means if you're lucky enough to receive a a, a distribution under somebody's estate plan, you don't pay any taxes on it. It's like a gift to you, so you don't pay any uh, estate taxes. But we do have a gift. I mean, we do have a uh, estate tax in Massachusetts. And unless you want to become a Florida resident, for example, where they have no estate taxes... Uh, if you live in Massachusetts, that is a serious issue, isn't it? It is. Uh, like I said, if your estate is more than a million dollars, including your house and any other assets you have, it could be fifty or sixty thousand dollars if it's only one point one or one point two million dollars. So it's a significant exposure if you don't do something with a trust or some other asset. And protection. I bet most people don't realize that. They don't realize that how easy it is sometimes to get to a million dollars and realize that they have to pay Massachusetts estate tax. No, they really don't. And they don't understand that it can include uh, retirement plans and life insurance. Um, Generally, I think what they think is that it's bank accounts and maybe real property, but they don't understand that it really includes everything that you own. So your estate includes everything you own. Exactly. Yes. Okay. Well, those are serious issues. And what about your real estate? Does the trust make it easier to pass real estate to somebody else? Uh, yeah, definitely. What we normally do is we create something called a, a nominee trust, or you can also call it a, a realty trust. Uh, and we 
also include a schedule of beneficial interests. And what that means is essentially we deed the house into the trust and the tru- you are the trustee of that trust and you manage whatever is in that trust. Uh, but what you have is you have beneficiaries in back of yourself so that when you pass away, those beneficiaries and those trustees automatically take over management of that property and it's really a seamless way of um, transferring title. So it sounds like there are really a lot of benefits to doing trust versus maybe simple wills, for example. And so let me ask a question for the um, senior lawyer in uh, Lance Law, Inc., uh, attorney Tenny Lance. Are you the senior lawyer in Lance Law, Inc.? Um, I am senior, yes. <laughs> okay. I, I'm not sure where you're going with that. In I fact, don't and indeed. I want to go any further. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me ask you a couple of questions, if I could, Tenny, and, and I appreciate all the information that Mike has provided so far. Uh, talk to us for a moment about gifting, because I assume that's one thing that people need to think about when they're looking at top 10 or top tax tips for 2015. Is gifting a good thing to do? And tell us how that works. Gifting is interesting because most people have heard the uh, provision that you can gift $14,000 per person per year, and they think that's their limit. In reality, you could gift up to over $5 million and not have any gift tax implication. Is that federal gift tax we're talking? that's federal gift tax. There is no Massachusetts gift tax. Now, that's very important. So I didn't realize that. So there's no Massachusetts gift tax, just federal? Right. And so when you're talking about, uh, when you're concerned about gift taxes, you're concerned about what you're going to file on your income tax return and what forms have to go with that, the federal one. Hmm. Now, you said an income tax return. Do you file a gift tax information on your income tax return? If you give away more than $14,000 per person per year, you are supposed to file a gift tax gift return, tax return. Okay. with your federal income tax. And the feds ah, okay. sort of uh, hold on to that and add that up over your lifetime. And if your lifetime limit does not exceed the gift tax limit of over $5 million, then you don't have a gift tax problem. So gifting is uh, a beneficial thing to do within some limits. It's, um, it's beneficial if you give to charities in particular because that can reduce your estate and eliminate estate taxes at the same time. Somewhat complicated, but... Okay, so what if you wanted to give to your family? Is that a good thing to do? It can be a good thing to do. It depends upon your family, the members that you're giving to, what their uh, responsibility level is, uh, how old they are, and so forth. But yes, in general, you can gift to your family. Um, We always have to be concerned about Medicaid and whether gifting is going to impact that. Why, Why would that be an impact for Medicaid purposes? Because if you gift anything within the five-year period prior to needing Medicaid assistance, you will have a penalty imposed by the state mass health office. Wow, lots of interesting complexities here. So I'm hearing on the one hand that we have to be concerned about a Massachusetts estate tax if you have more than a million dollars in assets, which Mike just said. And you're saying you can give away money in Massachusetts and you don't have to pay any gift taxes or file a Massachusetts gift tax return. And on the other hand, you have to be careful if you're giving money away to be making sure you're not going to violate the five-year look-back rule for Medicaid purposes. So it gets a little complicated, doesn't it? 
It's, it's quite complicated, and what we do when we meet with people is to take into consideration all of these things that uh, come to mind and things that they probably want to pay attention to to make sure that any advice that we give doesn't implicate in a bad way in the future for them. Hmm. So actually what you might want to do then, uh, from what I'm hearing from you, Mike, and also from you, Tenny, is if you have a large enough estate where you might be concerned about the Massachusetts estate tax, maybe you ought to give some money away so you don't end up having your family pay Massachusetts estate tax because then there's no gift tax repercussions unless you're planning to go to a nursing home. Wow. Exactly. I mean, that's that's the one thing that we we talk about with people when they want to talk about gifting. If they're at a certain age um, or if they have health issues and they think that a nursing home could be in their future, it's certainly one thing that we consider when they want to talk about giving assets away to their kids or to anyone else. Mm-hmm. Well, that's really interesting, and it relates somewhat to what I do. I do a lot of work in the area of retirement planning, and sometimes I'll tell people, all right, so you've made a decision to give away property or money to children, but rather than just give it to them directly, why don't you do something a little different that's going to be more beneficial for their future? Like put money aside for them in an IRA account, for example, or put money into a life insurance policy and maybe multiply the value of the gift. You know, I I assume that anybody who receives a gift can find a way to spend it or use it, but I wonder how many people who receive a gift will find a way to invest it. And that's one of the things that we'll show some people how to do and how to take care of things. Well, um, Mike, I, I think you and Tenny are doing something special near the end of this month, aren't you? Are you going to talk to the public more about some seminars that you're doing, I believe? Yeah, we do have some seminars coming up. Um, We have three seminars. They're at the end of January. The first one is on Tuesday, January 27th. That's at 6.30 p.m. at the Hampton Inn in Fairhaven. We have another one on Thursday, January 29th, again at 6.30, and that's at Whites of Westport in Westport. And finally, we have another one on Saturday, January 31st. That's at 10 a.m. at our office, the Lance Law Office on Fonts Corner Road in Dartmouth. So if you'd like to attend one of those seminars, please give, give us a call at 508-998-8800. Or you can also register online at info at lancelawinc.com. So, you know, this might actually be the most important estate planning tip for 2015. Take some action. Go to one of their seminars, ladies and gentlemen, and really learn even more in-depth information uh, than you can hear about on the radio today. Will you be having, uh, Tenny, will you be having any materials that you might hand out at the seminar also? We do. We always have a packet of materials that people can take with them, read later, um, and there's always a list of the brochures that we can provide even after that if people ask for them. We have a a large number of uh, informational Brochures. So the most important message uh, regarding this is that you do need to take the time to plan. You know, Phil, Benjamin Franklin once said, by failing to prepare, you are preparing to fail. Mm-hmm. Love that. So take some time to prepare. Take some time to get some free information and mm-hmm. uh, do that. You know, I wanted, one of the questions I was curious about, Tenny, is are there different stages in somebody's life when it makes important sense to to do estate planning, like, for example, what if somebody's under the age of 30? What if they're in their 20s? Should they be doing estate planning of some kind also? If they have children, it's very important that they do at least a will 
because it's in the will that you name your guardian and conservator for your minor child. Uh, you don't want anybody on earth appointed by the court to take care of your minor child if anything should happen to you. So it's, it's very important that you do documents and review them over time in your life, yes. Well, that's really interesting because Mike was talking earlier about how significant it is to do trust planning. And now you're mentioning wills. So when you do a trust, for example, do you do a will also? Well, we do, yes, because um, if you have a trust and you are not diligent about funding everything that you own into the trust, then you might have an asset that is in just your name upon your death. At that point, that asset has to go through the probate process in order to be distributed to your beneficiaries. So we use something called a pour-over will, which simply says, I leave everything to my trust because it's in the trust that you set forth all the details of your distribution plan. And then what you just explained was if you have a will, that's the place where you would name guardians for minor children, for example. But yes, that's the case for the naming of guardians, which takes care of a person's body, or a conservator that takes care of a person's property. Now, I know today we have a lot of couples that are living together and without the benefit of marriage. Uh, should they be doing estate planning also? Is that important for them? It's very important because they may not realize that upon uh, any accidental death of either one of them, their assets may not pass to the person they love and live with, but to other people in their lives, their parents, their siblings, whatever. And I suppose accidents can happen and do happen. So it doesn't necessarily mean that healthy people couldn't have an issue also. So even couples who are perhaps living together and not married need to think about doing estate planning. Yes, we think everyone should think about doing estate planning at whatever age. And children are obviously a very important consideration. If there are children in your family, in your life, then uh, you just explained why that's really important. How about middle-aged people? Do you think that more people wait until middle age because they're optimistic about how long they're going to live? You think more people will wait longer before they do estate planning? Well, as people age, they tend to um, obviously have concerns about death at some point. Now, your mother, um, a lovely lady, would never do any kind of an estate plan because she figured as soon as she signed it, she'd die. She was just very superstitious about that. But we actually did do a will for her, and she didn't have significant assets, and we did a durable power of attorney, and we did a health care proxy. And later in life, when she did become incapacitated, then I really managed her finances. I paid her bills, took care of her needs, and actually ultimately had to make decisions to withhold life support at the end also. Uh, she had a, a stroke in her 80s when she was in the nursing home, and they said she was not going to regain consciousness and not going to recover and I used something called her health care proxy and her power of attorney and made medical decisions for her and basically said, don't force her to stay alive. Uh, fortunately for her, she actually passed in about 18 hours after withholding support. But um, those are really important decisions and those are really important documents. And so, Mike, what happens if you don't have a durable power of attorney or if you don't have a health care proxy and somebody needs to have decisions made for them? What, what happens then? Well, in that case, you'd have to go to court 
and get the court involved. There are two processes. There's guardianship, and then there's conservatorship or conservatorship. Um, the guardianship would be the person. The uh, guardian would be the person that makes healthcare decisions. And then if you needed to pay someone's bills or manage their assets, you'd have to go to court and be appointed their conservator or conservator. Is that expensive? Both of those processes can be expensive. It's complicated. You have to get documents from doctors. You have to do inventories of assets. Um, So yes, it can be expensive and it's a public process. So everyone in the courtroom will hear about the tragedy of the person that you're dealing with, and it's just not something that you want to go through with. It's uh, very easy to avoid this process by executing these documents that we've been talking about. So you've talked about the importance of doing a trust, and Tenny's talked about the fact that when you do the trust, you also do a will. And now basically we're saying that you really ought to have a power of attorney and healthcare proxy and other things as well. I wonder how many people really put those things off and just don't get around to doing them. Something um, like 66%. Mm-hmm. Don't do anything? Don't do anything. Wow. Do not have any kind of estate plan. Well, I guess on the one hand, it makes more business for lawyers and people who do that thing and have to go to probate court, doesn't it? If they ever get around to doing it. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> but it would be more expensive at that point in time, wouldn't it? It's more expensive, and it's it's time-consuming. It's humiliating to have to go before a court and everybody who's in court that day in a public process to say why uh, your brother or your father or whatever is incompetent. It's just an awful process. We're going to come back in just a minute, ladies and gentlemen, and talk a little bit more about the health care documents you need. Jenny, just give us a very quick reminder of how somebody could reach you if they want to go to the seminars that you and Mike are doing. Our phone number is 508-998-8800, and we ask that you do call and make a reservation if you're planning to come, and we hope you do, only because we want to make sure that we have um, adequate capacity. Um, Our law office, for example, can seat, what, about 15 to 20 people, um, and sometimes we have calls that exceed that number, so we don't want to put anybody off. Um, These seminars are going to be held at the end of January, the 27th at 6.30 p.m. in Fairhaven, the 29th at 6.30 in Westport, and the 31st at our office in Dartmouth. So your most important resolution for 2015, ladies and gentlemen, should be to make sure that your estate plan is in place to protect your family. Give them a call, and we will be right back. Welcome back to USA Wealth Group's Money Wise Radio Show with Ray Lance and our very special guests. And I better get that estate planning going. That's all I can say. <laughs> well, we, uh, we all of us need to do this. I know, uh, Michael, you have done a living trust, correct? I have. I've done the living trust. I've done all supporting documents that we've been talking about now. And Tenny, you've done the same, I know. Oh, Yes. So we won't let Phil leave the studio until he makes an appointment to get his stuff done. Or I'll get more wrinkles. (laughs) Well, we're pleased this morning to be talking with attorney Michael Coleman and attorney Tenny Lance about uh, tax planning tips and top estate planning tips for 2015. And the most important tip, as I said at the close of the last half hour, was to Make a resolution to get something done soon and do it soon and do it this year. 
So let's come back to talking about healthcare documents for a minute. We've talked about wills and trusts and a little bit about healthcare documents. Um, Tenny, what's a living will and what does that do? That's a document that we don't think is very well named. Um, it is a document that is not a legal document in Massachusetts because Massachusetts uh, did not approve the uh, legal provision a couple of years ago that would say that that assisting in suicide is legal in Massachusetts. So what this document does is it says, if there are um, statements by my doctors that there is no hope for my survival, please do not keep me alive by artificial means. Okay, and what the heck is a HIPAA? (laughs) HIPAA stands for the Health Insurance Portability and Accountability Act. It's a federal law, not a state law, and it says that only you are allowed to look at your medical documents, your medical history and records. Um, and so somebody could be making a medical decision for you and not be able to look at your medical history to know whether you've got certain conditions that should be taken care of. You know, ladies and gentlemen, once upon a time, there was a gentleman named Sir William Osler who said, the best preparation for tomorrow is to do today's work superbly well. So our recommendation today is to make sure your own estate planning documents are in place. Um, Mike, why don't you give us a little bit more detail again about the seminars and, and when those are coming up that you're inviting people to attend the end of this month? Okay, yeah, we have three seminars coming up. One's on Tuesday, January 27th at 6.30 p.m. That's at the Hampton Inn in Fairhaven. We have another one on Thursday, January 29th at 6.30 p.m. at Whites of Westport in Westport. And then we have another one on Saturday, January 31st. That's at 10 a.m. at our office in uh, Dartmouth on 352 Fonts Corner Road. So if you want to sign up for any of those seminars, please give us a call at 508-998-8800. Or you could also register online at info at lancelawinc.com. Thanks very much. So take some time to do that, ladies and gentlemen. Can I say one thing about these Of course, these you can events. say anything. Um, these events are designed to um, make estate planning discernible and understandable and kind of fun for people. So this, although it, we use the term seminar, which sounds kind of um, flighty and um, a little high hat, uh, these are not very intimidating sessions at all. We try to make them very interesting. We use slides. We use pretend couples and so forth to make it an understandable process. What the heck is estate planning and how does it work over time? So why don't you call it an estate planning get-together? Well, it's almost like that, yes. Or an estate planning hoedown. Hoedown. Well, uh, no. No, okay. <laughs> Never mind. Good suggestions. You know, taking care of our families is always something that is of interest to all of us. At uh, USA Wealth Group, for example, our goal is to show people how to protect their family and how to protect their money. And we always talk to people about, you know, caring for their family and taking care of their family. So, Phil, I have another quotation for you. This is also a philosopher whose name begins with P, (laughs) a a Greek philosopher. Philip? (laughs) Love is a serious mental disease. (laughs) 
Love is a serious mental disease. <laughs> he sounds like Karnak, doesn't he? <laughs> Remember Johnny Carson and Karnak? I have the envelope here. On my the question is, who is at 508-998-88? What is the number again? Zero, zero. Oh, it's 508-998-8858 is how you can reach me. That's the answer to that question. <laughs> Well, (laughs) yes, uh, Johnny Carson was great, and so was uh, Ed McMahon, and they did their Karnak routine. I sometimes think about that when you and I are talking across the microphones. Uh (laughs) And the answer is? Especially when you repeat the questions. (laughs) (laughs) They were terrific. They really are. And and so are your your get-togethers, by the way. And you're so right, Tenny. You know, this is a wonderful way to gather information in a, a very comfortable environment. No obligations. Just nope. come to learn. Yep. Come to enjoy. We have snacks and coffee and so forth for people. Well, you know, there's some very important reasons to make it the top item on your to-do list is to get your estate plan in order. Uh, there's a gentleman in town that... Uh, I've been working with for a while to make a referral, and uh, he can't quite seem to just make an appointment to come in and talk to these fine people. And, you know, I just don't understand why people don't take a little action sometime. But anyway, get estate planning off of your to-do list in 2015 by going to one of their seminars. It's a great way to get started. It lets you make important, uh, put pa- important papers in place to control your health care decisions, to control your finances, to plan for long-term care. And particularly if you have children, if you don't have something in place to protect children, um, they could be in a real difficult situation if you don't do estate planning. Uh, Beneficiary designations are also very important um, on IRA accounts, on life insurance policies. I can tell you many, many horror stories. Mike, talk to us for just a moment about beneficiary designations and why is that important for IRAs and 401ks, for example? Well, normally what people do if they're married, they have their spouse as a primary beneficiary, and then they sort of don't think about what would happen if their spouse passed away before them and they didn't change that designation. Um, So what we advise people to do is to have multiple levels of beneficiaries so you can have your spouse first and then maybe... Uh, one of your children, second, and then you can even name a trust as a contingent beneficiary, although we advise people that it's better to have individuals rather than a trust as a beneficiary. I imagine you've seen situations before, either you or Tenny, when a couple has gotten divorced and hasn't changed their beneficiaries. That's an important time, too, I would think. Well, it is, and I remember that uh, there was a situation that you can probably describe better than I because it was a lady that you knew or a man, I've forgotten. But describe this um, this unfortunate situation where the beneficiary did not get changed and uh, it went into a court fight. Yes, uh, we've seen that a couple of times. Um, I've, I've seen it in my own business of helping people plan for retirement. Um, and beneficiary designations are very important. They should be reviewed every single year. Don't assume that because you have an IRA account that everything is in order. It's it's real simple to do this. All you have to do is get in touch with the institution that has your IRA, your 403B, your 401K, and say, who's listed as my beneficiary? And if it's not who you want or if they can't find it, which is even worse, uh, 
Simply submit a new form, keep a copy for yourself. It's important to be able to prove. There was a favorite, a very famous case in New Jersey where a uh, husband and wife uh, were married, and before the marriage, the husband had named his sister as his beneficiary on his IRA account. He never got around to changing it. And they went through 30 or 40 years of marriage, and suddenly he died. And when he died, he had a million and a half dollar IRA account with his sister named as the beneficiary. Well, his wife sued and said, of course, he meant to name me. I'm his his wife. And the New Jersey Supreme Court, it went all the way up there, held against the widow and said, no, we're very sorry, but beneficiary designations are strictly interpreted. The only beneficiary named is the sister. She got all the money and she didn't want to share it. Oh, which is even worse. Wow. <laughs> so check your beneficiary designations. Yeah. That's the story I was thinking of. Yeah. But we do see all the time that people um, have IRAs, they have annuities, they have life insurance policies, and they haven't for years decided to uh, review that and see who they have named. They, they just sort of think that that's something that the company does on their behalf. But obviously, that's not the case. No, it's not the case. So um, you'll have more information about that when you talk to folks at your seminars. So that's an exciting thing to do. Uh, go to a seminar. It is exciting. Uh, are you going to do anything unusual at your uh, workshops? We'll call it workshops. That's a good term. We haven't decided yet. Usually we give away some sort of a nice little gift for people and uh, come and, and find out what our gift this time might be. Mm-hmm. But you're not talking about a flat screen TV. You're talking about something no, like flowers or candy and things like that? Right. Good. Well, that sounds like a worthwhile reason to attend also. Homemade cookies, maybe? Oh, no. heaven forbid, not my homemade cookies. <laughs> How quickly he said no. <laughs> there was a gentleman once, uh, Frank Clark, who said, if you find a path with no obstacles, it probably doesn't lead anywhere. Another little pithy suggestion you know, life in general is hard work, but what's not hard work is to spend an hour or an hour and a half and attend one of their seminars. Uh, tell us just one more time, and we won't keep repeating this, where are your seminars located and how does somebody make a reservation, Mike? Um, we have three seminars coming up at the end of January. First one's on the 27th. That's at 6.30 p.m. at the Hampton Inn in Fairhaven. The second one's on Thursday, January 29th at 6.30 p.m. at Whites of Westport. And finally, we have one on Saturday, January 31st at 10 a.m. at our office in Dartmouth. If you want to make a reservation for any of these seminars, please give us a call at 508-998-8800, or you can register online at info at lancelawinc.com. And they're free, and there's no obligation, and uh, you and know nothing's going to be sold. Yeah, they're fun, they're informative. Folks, you'll love them. Trust me. Have either you, Mike, or you, Tenny, seen a situation when somebody called up and said, I'm going on vacation Friday. I need to get my documents in place right away. Do you ever see that? Oh, it happens all the time. It happened very recently with us. These folks were leaving uh, last week, I believe, and we needed to uh, make some amendments to their estate plan. Sure. I used to say that more people will spend more time planning a vacation than they will be uh, they will spend planning for their estate. Mm-hmm. And it's a lot more permanent 
if you don't plan for your estate. I've had uh, I had a situation once when I did a workshop on retirement planning a number of years ago, and it also included an estate planning component. And uh, we had some people who come who were scheduled for surgery the following day at noontime and wanted to know if the office could meet with them first thing in the morning to get their estate plan in place before they went for surgery. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's not a good way to plan. No. So... I'm sure you've you've all seen that before, or you both have seen that before. The other thing that we see that always surprises me is the fact that people don't always know what they own uh, or where their assets are or who holds them or how they're held or whether they are IRAs or non-IRAs. It's just amazing to me that that uh, that people haven't figured this out. But that's a very important place to start is to inventory your assets Try to make sure that you know where they are and what they're doing for you. Mm. Well, it's sort of like in the same category as I tell people all the time to do a budget. If you don't have a budget, you don't know what you're spending. And people just go through life without a budget. And most people do, unfortunately. You know what I've seen in the past, too, when I've asked people to bring in a listing of their assets, I've seen them fill out the form, put down all the information about their assets, and then not put a total on it. It's almost like... They don't want to know what the total is. Mm -hmm. And then I've sometimes sat there and totaled it up in front of them and said, do you realize that you're worth more than X dollars? And they're so surprised. The other surprising thing that I've found lately is more and more and more couples have assets that exceed a million dollars and therefore are uh, of necessity involved with the estate tax in Massachusetts. People um, are used to the... the, uh, uh, 2008, 2009 time frame when their assets were lost or reduced, and nobody seems to think anymore that wow, if you add this all up, as you say, that it adds to a million five. Wow. Well, the interesting thing is that there are thousands and thousands of people, even listening to this show, who just haven't prepared and haven't done anything, and it's such a critical thing to do. I've also seen that when people have taken action to get their affairs in order, there's just really a palpable sense of relief when they walk out the door that they're finally organized and they're finally straightened out. So take some time to get organized. Um, Mike, we're going to talk um, another time about some issues dealing with property uh, because I know you'll be talking about some of that as well. Tell us just a little bit about um, property powers of attorney and are there different kinds of powers of attorney? Yep, there are. Uh, we talked about this a little bit before. The property power of attorney can be, well, two of them are. Uh, the one's a general durable power of attorney. Then you can also have a springing durable power of attorney. And what that means is a general durable power of attorney takes effect the moment that it's signed. So at that moment, the agent designated in that power of attorney can go to the bank and pay your bills for you and whatnot. Uh, the springing power of attorney is is a little bit more complicated. We don't like them as much because uh, there are more individuals involved. That power of attorney takes place only when you become unable to take care of things for yourself. So in other words, if you become incapacitated and you have a springing power of attorney, then someone has to go to the doctor. The doctor has to write a letter saying that you're unable to take care of yourself. And at that point, the agent can step in and take care of things for you. But we, we generally think that general durable power of attorney is better. Okay. Tenny, give us your top 10 reasons for doing estate planning. 
Oh, I quickly outlined these this morning because um, I knew that I was going to be on this show and I wanted to do something kind of pithy and short. Um, first reason is do it. First <laughs> uh, important thing to remember, I should say, is do it. And there's somebody uh, who's on another radio show who always says, uh, first law is don't lose the money, and the second law is don't forget the first law. So the second reason... That's my friends from Boston, yeah. second important thing to do is don't forget to do it. <laughs> um, think through where you want your estate to go after your death. Uh, gather names and addresses of people that you want to leave things to and so forth. Get a little bit organized. Make sure, as I just said before, that you know what you have in your estate. Inventory your assets and check on your beneficiaries. After you've made your plan, be sure to fund it. We often find people coming in three years after they've done an estate plan to say, oh, well, gee, I don't have anything in my trust, but I'm sure the trust is fine. Well, it doesn't do anything for you unless you have assets in it. After you've made your plans, be sure to review it at least once every three to five years to make sure that it's still relevant to you. Make sure you have other important documents, as Mike said, your durable power of attorney, your health documents, and so forth. Make changes in your plan as changes occur in your life. If you have had beneficiaries that you no longer see or no longer close with, whatever, make sure that your estate plan reflects the change in your life. Don't be influenced by friends or relatives who say, you know, when I did my plan or this is what my aunt told me to do, you need to get information that's relevant to you and current today. And the last uh, important thing to remember is go to the right estate planning attorney. Mm-hmm. I bet you see situations sometimes when people have said, well, my next door neighbor told me this or my friend at work told me this. Oh, gosh. When my aunt was in the nursing home, this is what happened. Well, that could have been in 2002 and things have changed so drastically since then. It's amazing how often people will listen to their, their next door neighbor, their friend, their coworker. And get advice from them instead of getting professional advice. Or read it on the internet. Or read it on the internet. And, you know, I listen to other people's radio shows and things like that. I read a lot and listen to a lot. It's amazing that the number of times I've heard inaccurate information as well. And a couple times I've been tempted to call in and I said, no, I'm not going to just be in somebody else's face to do that. But there's a lot of misinformation. So get some professional information Mike, tell us a little bit about life estate deeds because there's a lot of misinformation about life estate deeds out there. Well, a life estate deed is a deed that has a grantor and grantees, but the thing that makes it a little bit different than a normal deed is that it also has remainder men. So a life estate deed is one way of transferring title of real property without having to go through the probate process. So what essentially it would do is it would name you as grantor, you and your husband and wife as grantor, mm-hmm. and you would grant to yourself uh, as grantees, and then you would name maybe a child or children as remainder men, so that when you pass away, your title to that real property uh, transitions to your children automatically. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it would be like a deed from I, Michael Coleman, convey to myself, Michael Coleman, for life and remainder interest to my children or 
to my dog, Logan. Exactly. <laughs> and If Logan can take title to property. That, that is the name of your dog, right? right. Logan? Yep. <laughs> and why did he get that name again? I've forgotten. Uh, she was born in Missouri she. and flew into Logan Airport. So we decided to name her after the airport. <laughs> okay. Well, take care of Logan. And I, and I know you folks do pet trust too, don't you? We do. Take care of animals and pets. We do. My daughter has a pet trust, yes. Yeah. Okay. I'm, Phil, I'm going to give you one more quotation from our dear friend Plato. See, this time you don't even have to guess. Good actions give strength to ourselves and inspire good actions in others. Yeah, I, I like that a lot. So Plato is a, a great man and has some great philosophical quotations. The message today, ladies and gentlemen, is take some time to give a call to uh, Lance Law and tell us just the telephone number, Tenny. 508-998-8800. And make a reservation if you would like to go to one of the seminars and just tell us real quickly what are the dates of those seminars and where are they located? Just a couple of weeks from now, January 27th, 6.30 in the evening, January 29th, 6.30 in the evening, and Saturday, January 31st. So take some time to call them. Take some time to act. Uh, if you attend this seminar, if you get your own estate plan in order, that's the finest thing you could do in 2015 to take care of your family and your needs. Attorney Michael Coleman, thank you so much for being on with us this morning. Thank you. And I just wanted to mention that if you want to learn a little bit more about our firm, you can visit our website at lancelawinc.com. Great. Thanks. And Tenny, Attorney Tenny Lance, thank you for coming. Thank you. Go Pats. There you go. And uh, thank you, Phil. And thank you, ladies and gentlemen, so much for listening to us every single week. We appreciate it. And we want you to tune in next Sunday at this time. And remember that this great show is brought to you by our friends at USA Wealth Group. They want to protect what you have worked so hard for all of your life. Until next Sunday, so long, everybody.